Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. You've often heard the little chime and heard us say from the inbox, but now from the doorway. It's really a pleasure, everyone, to, to be able to connect with you all and not only connect with you, but visit with you. I got an email that Jerry was coming to town and Jerry came, saw the studio, and uh, we chatted for a while. Jerry is here. Why don't you say a few things, Jerry? A few things, Jerry. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> Well, good, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and all listeners of these podcasts. As Pastor Dave said, my name is Jerry, and I'm from the central Florida area. I live in a small town called Sorrento. It's about 20 miles north of Orlando. And my wife, Ruth, and I came up from my niece's graduation this past Saturday, and we're playing tourists the last couple of days. And I just wanted to uh, stop by and say hi to Pastor Dave, who I've known for many years, and actually, I know Miss Cecilia over here. We didn't even know we knew each other until recently, but I do know her. And now I've had a chance to put a name and a face together. So I just wanted to say hi while I was here and to wish you all God's blessings. Thank you, Jerry. And again, any of you, if you are ever in the St. Louis area, drop me an email. Call me. We'll arrange to have you see the wonderful, expansive recording studio. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll uh, have a bite to eat, some laughs. That was one thing Jerry said as he got out of the van. Yeah, we just came from visiting the zoo and they didn't even keep me. We'll arrange for whatever and love to hear and see from you all. Thanks. Jerry and I thought we were done, but then he said something that was amazing and fun, and so we turned back on the microphone. So, Jerry, you were saying that uh, in your church you uh, have a Bible study, but but you don't go to it very much? Uh, No, I was just talking to Pastor Dave and telling him that I don't get much out of the Bible studies at church because everything is in print, of course, Mm -hmm. and our pastor... Uh, he has people in the uh, Bible study to read certain passages mm-hmm. as he's talking about, you know, the the entire uh, Bible lesson, the, the the Bible study, and I feel kind of left out. Yeah. yeah. So when I, I found out about these podcasts, and I actually learned how to um, uh, get get them on there, right. bring them up, I thought, well now. I don't have to see this. I don't have to read nothing. I can listen and get more out of it than if I was sitting there reading it. So I, re- I really hope that the rest of you feel that way who are not able to read the print because I'm getting a lot out of it and I wish I would have started at lesson number one, but I didn't know about it. So mm-hmm. now I get it every week of both of Room 4216 and his podcast and I do appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Hmm. What are we going to do 
for the next podcast. Pastor Dave hasn't gotten back with me yet. All right. Time to text message. Tell Pastor Dave, do you know what we're going to do for the next podcast yet? Question mark. It would really help to know ahead of time, comma, like before Wednesday morning, question mark. Your message to Pastor Kevin Parvis says, Hey, wait a minute. do you know what we're going to do for the next podcast yet? It would really help to know ahead of... Cancel that. Okay, let me know if there's anything else you need. I love Siri, but sometimes he's exasperating. Let's try this again. Tell Dave Andrus. Hi, period. Do you know what we're going to do for the next podcast yet, question mark? It would really help if we would know before the next recording day, period. Thanks, period. Your message to Dave Andrus says, Hi, do you know what we're going to do for the next podcast yet? It would really help if we would know before the next recording day. Thanks. Ready to send it? Yes. I'll send it. Okay. Wonder what I should do while I'm waiting for him to respond. Still waiting. Make it so. Hmm. He's already responded. Let's see what he said. Help. Oh, yeah. Really. Messages. Dave Andrus, how about the book of Obadiah? It's a small but fun book in the Old Testament. Obadiah? Uh, okay. I Let me respond. Tell Dave Andrus, Obadiah, question mark? O dot 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 K, period. I guess that'll work, comma. But why Obadiah? Question mark. Your message to Dave Andrus says. Um, dum 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 dum. Hi, Cecilia. Hello, Pastor Dave. It's good to be back with you all here in room forty-two sixteen. I hope you had a good week. I had a pretty I good did. one. I did. Yeah. I did, although, uh, it's a funny thing. Uh-huh. I never did get a response back to a text message I sent. I sent you a text saying, yeah, let's do Obadiah. It's a fun little book. Yes, and then I said, okay, but why Obadiah? I oh, mean, you I... you sent that? Uh, uh, yes, I did. Oh. Hmm. Is your phone broken or... or uh, yeah, mm, yeah, it's broken. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yep, yep. Uh, Something's sure. broken. Mm-hmm. 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 Sure. Why sure. that book? Well, well I mean, there... and I even read through it. Uh-huh. It's a very short book. Uh-huh. I was surprised. It's all of one chapter. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, there, there's going to be something interesting or enlightening. There some, is even some memorable verse that, there is. That, that that I can that I'll go. Oh yeah. And you know what? Uh-huh. No, what? I didn't find a thing. And that's the exact reason I want to do Obadiah. Everybody overlooks it. Kind of like us as people who have a disability. We're often overlooked and ignored, hmm? 
And yeah, okay, I'll read it. I'll listen to. I'll help this poor person and have this little book. I'll read it because it's in the Bible, and they take away nothing, right? Wow, well, uh, this uh, is a mighty special book because it is in the Bible and it is overlooked and it shouldn't be overlooked because it's got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff for you and me. How's that for you? <laughs> All right, I'll trust you. So, Cecilia, I sent that little text yes. of which I did say, we'll do Obadiah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, I had suggested doing Obadiah. Did you do your due diligence and do some research to understand some about the book and uh, the person and the date and the location and all that? Actually, I did. Yay! I was curious. So, uh, Obadiah means servant of the Lord. And that's about all we know about this person. Uh, we don't know anything about his father, mother, nothing. There were a bunch of people in the Old Testament named Obadiah, but this Very was... common name, just like John or David today. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, I want to stop you. Because there's no reference to a father or children, this is, means it's very generic. And because the, the Israelites always connect to families and things. And by doing this, it is, it is making it um, almost stretch beyond this moment of time to some other place as well. We'll come back to that. Obadiah was written in uh, between 587 and 550 B.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was going on in the world at that time? Well, the Israelites were... The, uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed, and they were being carried into exile into Babylon. Babylon. That Babylonian empire. And, and, and it was an amazing, one of the mighty powers that took over after the Assyrians. Think of, the, think of something like the Roman Empire. Yeah. Think of something like the United States today. They were just unbelievably strong. And they uh, went through the city in 605, and then they came back, remember we're in B.C., before Christ, another uh, 20 years later, and totally destroyed it. That was the, the, the 586 state, you said. Now, the reason this book was written... Now, by the way, before you do that, mm-hmm. um, hold on to that thought. Okay. Think of the people of Jerusalem. Think of the people. I mean, if you were living in a city, whatever city you're in, You've just been ransacked, beaten down, uh, and, and, and overrun by an army. The chaos, the confusion, the yeah. sadness, the hardship, the loss of life. They're reeling under all of that. And I don't want to minimize that. That is very important to understand for yeah. the book of Obadiah. Yeah, you're trying to get out of there as fast as you can with nothing but the clothes on your back. Mm-hmm. And you're running Uh, And there are soldiers, by the way, that are trying to keep you captive. And so you spot a break in the line of soldiers, and you dart out and run. But there are some people that are about to betray you. Tell me where, and that's the Edomites. Tell me a little about Edomites, because that's who this book is talking about and against. 
Uh, the Edomites lived in some very high mountains that were south of the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, these mountains were about 110 miles long and 30 miles wide. And Edom was, uh, they were from the descendants of Esau, who was the brother of Jacob. Ooh, now that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacob and Esau were twins. Uh, Jacob later got a new name, and the new name was Israel, and from him came the Israelites. So, no, it doesn't say it. Esau didn't get a new name, but his descendants kind of got a new name, Edomites, mm-hmm. Edom. And what's interesting, and, and this is extremely important, that means Edomites are really blood relationship to the Jewish people. They're brothers and sisters of them. And as much as Esau and Jacob were brothers, oh, did they fight. I mean, my brother and I, we would have our fights. We'd have our tussles. And he'd run away. And he was faster and bigger than me. And he'd always whip me. Probably still can't. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Especially, well, I won't go into that. Well, these two brothers didn't get along. Tell me a little about these two brothers. you remember any of those stories? Yes. Uh, the stories are from Genesis. And uh, even before they were born, they were tussling. In the womb. Mm-hmm. And uh, before they were born, uh, uh, Jacob shot out his, his wrist, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the midwives tied a silk cord on because that was he was supposed to be the first one that was born then, and that was very important back then. Well, then he pulled his hand back. Important why? Well, because he was the one that would have gotten everything, inherited everything from his father. Including the name, the reputation, uh, as well as the land and animals and everything. Mm-hmm. His brother would have gotten nothing. Uh, but then he pulled his hand back, and Esau was born first. Hmm. And Isaac loved Esau more, but... Can't you just imagine? I was born before you. No, you weren't. I stuck my hand out. (laughs) What's sticking your hand out? What good is that? You didn't come out first. I came out. No, I was out first with my hand. I had the silk cord. Here, see, dangle, dangle. Oh, they must have fought. Yes, and their parents playing favorites didn't help matter as much. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Uh... To make a long story short, uh, Jacob stole his brother's blessing. Just to make sure he couldn't, uh, that he had it, he stole it. Do you remember how? Yes. How? He, uh, his father was blind. Isaac was mm. blind. Mm. And uh, Rebecca helped in the matter. Rebecca was the mother. And uh, Isaac had told Esau, go... Uh, Hunt for me, make me a stew of the meat the way you know how, and I will give you your blessing. Ah. Well, Rebecca told Jacob, you go, bring me a goat, dress in Esau's clothes, uh, put uh, fur on your hands because uh, to make your hands hairy like his were, and now you go and give this to your father and get the blessing. <laughs> So kind of trying to use the blindness to confuse the old geezer to get the blessing. Yeah. Uh Conniving woman, blind geezer father. Whoa. Conniving son, too. Well, Uh, yeah. Yeah. He did this, and uh, uh, Isaac 
suspected something, but he kept his promise. And uh, Jacob got the blessing. Then Esau shows up, and Jake, and Isaac said, "I have nothing. I uh, I was tricked. I was tricked." And so being tricked, oh, there's nothing worse than a brother tricking you. No. Oh, my gosh. And I bet there are people out there listening have had brothers trick them. It just, it hurts to the core. Your brother trick you? Oh, my brother never has. Well, my brother did something once that was kind of tricky, and it kind of fell, uh, but nothing like this, nothing like this. But Mm -hmm. even that little bit made me realize, wow. And so that anger and trickery ran through the lines all the way down as you were saying earlier to the Edomites up in their high hill country Jerusalem being ransacked the people are running away trying to escape so what did the Edomites do to them as they're running away did they protect them and house them and keep them safe uh quite the contrary Hmm. they caught them they handed them back to the Babylonians they slaughtered them, they robbed them, they did everything they could do to harm them. And in fact, we'll find out in the reading of it, it's almost like they were sitting up on their mountain high above, watching it all, and then laughing. (laughs) They're getting beaten. Yeah. So that's the context of the book. Obadiah The Vision of Obadiah This is what the Sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise, and let us go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights, you who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagles and make your nest among the stars, from there... I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? How Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged. All your friends and allies will force you to the borders. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. (laughs) 
Mr. Dave. Uh-huh. You like this book. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, you see that it has a message for those who are disadvantaged? Yep. Or disabled? Yep, yep. Any uh, type of physical disablement, uh, blind or, or wheelchair or whatever. Yep, yep. Oh, all right. But <laughs> there's no gospel here. Well, you might have me on that at the moment, but yet you don't. <laughs> Darn. Um, it does sound like all law right here. It sounds like God is just angry and he is going to get back at those Edomites and grind them to the ground and just obliterate them, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple things. Um, were these Edomites kind, loving, helpful, friendly, supportive? Not exactly, no. At all. But in fact, they went out of their way, not just to... Uh, and, and I love the phrasing that it did about uh, your friends will chase you to the borders. They were known to be doing this, the Edomites. They'd make uh, um, treaties and things, but then they go back on them because they felt that they were safe up in the rocky places. No one can reach me up here. They were proud. They were arrogant. And, and, and they were almost proud of the fact that they were evil. Mm. And, and because of all of this... Finally, God says, enough. All right, I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is partly where the gospel can enter in, believe it or not. Okay. Um, those people who were running off, scattered, and, 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 and trying to get away from the Babylonians, grabbed and mocked and tossed back by the Edomites, they find comfort. Their God still is with them. There is a God in heaven. He will take revenge. There is a God who cares about me. I am disadvantaged. I am mistreated, even by my own blood kin. Mm. Ah. But God, he's going to... not abandoned me. He's not abandoned me. In fact, he is going to turn what the, their so-called strength against them high up on the rocks. They'll be dashed down. And, and uh, uh, all the promises they keep and break, well, God's not going to break his promise. He is faithful to keep all his promises. And therefore, he will destroy the Edomites. In some ways, it's a warning uh, for all people that uh, do wrong, do evil, be proud. And you're going to fall. Yep. But even more than that, God does not like it when kin do this against their own kin. That's, that's stabbing them in the back. Yes. And he will take vengeance. And that's where we know that our God will stand beside us, even... When we feel like we're battered by the world. That's some of the gospel that's here. God is faithful to do it. And he will. I begin to get it. Mm -hmm. There's another thing too. Um, 
And I, it, there's not many mentions of eagles. Did you notice the reference of eagles and how I did. they were high up on the cliffs like eagles? And that's mm-hmm. literally what they were. They were real high up, and that's why they felt so smug and arrogant and safe. And, and that, for those who don't know, is where many eagles where eagles build their nests. Mm. They build them high up in the mountains, uh, and they put mm-hmm. their, the, their nests on, on ledges, mm-hmm. aries they call them. And from there, then the eagles can catch the wind drafts and just, they don't really fly, they soar. Mm-hmm. The, the, they just spread their wings and, and the air goes underneath them and just lifts them up. Well, God says he's going to dash them down. And these words are a shock. And I'm sure the Edomites thought, yeah, right, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, they went, oh my, uh, God is faithful to his word. what he says. Which brings one other word to mind. There is a very famous reference uh, in Isaiah chapter 40. This is to exiles. I believe it's the same exiles. Isaiah was prophesying this for the future. He knew that the people of Israel would be exiled. God through him uh, had prophesied that it would happen, but then gave a word of comfort. Do you know Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, Cecilia? I do. It's a beautiful verse. Can you say it? You who hope in the Lord will renew your strength. You will soar like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not be faint. You can almost see this picture. They who hope in the Lord... They're the ones who are going to soar, not the Edomites. And when the Israelites were running away, they were, they, they were faint. But here God says, if you hope in me... You can run as long as you want to, and you're not going to get tired. You will walk and not be faint. Sometimes the gospel and the comfort has to come more than just with the exact words but it's the inference that the people would have heard. And the people of, of Obadiah's time would have remembered this verse of Isaiah, oh. that they who hope in the Lord, they are the ones who will mount up. And remember, this message wasn't sent just to the Edomites. There was a messenger, we don't know who, that was sent to give this message to, the, to all the nations that... Uh, that they're going to go up in battle against the Edomites. And so the Israelites would have heard this message and would have remembered and been reminded that God is going to fight for them. Indeed. Indeed. There's more to the book, but for that... You'll have to wait till next week. So do join us then. Uh, But until then, remember, you are are not not alone. alone. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. The Imperial March from Empire Strikes Back, John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra. And Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn, interlude musicians.